0: CrossTracks case management system. That is what we are talking about today. Are you using a case management system? What are you waiting for? If you don't use a case management system, you really need to look into implementing that into your business regimen. I've been at it with CrossTracks now a little over a year, and it's just been a game changer for my business. They are SOC 2 certified, SOC 2 type 2 certified. If you don't know what that means, it means that they're encryption system is second to none and you have to go through a whole screening process to figure out uh, if you can even qualify for that and they have so you know with certainty your data is being protected i don't think there's another case management system out there that offers that same ability to have the soc 2 type 2 certification as you guys know i've been uh you know singing the praises of crosstrax and uh, i really believe in this product and i believe you should check it out contact Brad, contact Pat, uh, one of the team members over there and see if it's right for you. CrossTracks case management system, check it out today.
1: Are you an investigative professional? Did you know you can find the best private investigator resources using investigatorstoolbox.com? This resource community was built exclusively for licensed investigators and investigative professionals. You can network directly with members, educate yourself through free webinars and blogs, and even create your own customizable research library. Membership starts for as little as 49 cents a day. Download the Investigators Toolbox app or visit our web page at www.investigators-toolbox.com.
2: Welcome to today's episode of PI Perspectives alexis diaz from lh funding joins us alexis is an attorney in new york and also works in case funding this is a great client stream for licensed pis if you know how to foster the relationship not sure what legal funding is let's join the two and hear all about it please welcome alexis diaz and your host private investigator matt spare
0: welcome everybody to this week's episode of pi perspective this is matt spare your host Today, we are staying in New York, and uh, I dragged out a friend of mine who I was actually, I co-hosted a marketing event with uh, with attorneys uh, about a week and a half ago, and we were discussing doing an episode uh, about funding and just uh, understanding how the funding world works and how investigators can kind of latch on to that. So I want to welcome Alexis Diaz to the program. Alexis, how are you?
1: Hi, Matt. Thanks so much for having me.
0: No problem. No problem. Alexis and I go way back. she's uh she, yeah. She's an attorney also as as well in, uh, as in the funding world. We run circles in the uh, New York State Trial Lawyers Association. So Alexis, tell me a little bit about your background. How did you get into the business?
1: So I graduated law school in 2011 and immediately got into practicing plaintiff's personal injury, which is what I've been doing since then worked for a few great law firms throughout the years and tried cases really got into it and built a career out of being a plaintiff's personal injury trial attorney and probably i'm going to say 2015 ish i knew i wanted to open my own practice so i kind of had to think about well what what am i going to do in the meantime like what's the transition and Honestly, an opportunity came into my lap because I met somebody who did what we caught a call in the industry plaintiff's funding. If you have no idea what it is, which I didn't until I got into this business, there are companies out there, um, including the one that I currently work for, that provide essentially cash advances to people who have personal injury lawsuits. And the reason that that is a need is that from the time that you file a lawsuit for someone to the time that the case either settles or goes to trial and hopefully gets a successful result for the, the injured person it takes a long time. And if you've been injured and you can't work or if you've been injured and your medical bills are crazy because there's nothing not enough insurance or whatever it is to cover it. There was no sort of recourse because banks aren't giving, you know, loans to people with these cases and in New York specifically, I am just talking about New York here, it's um against the rules of, of ethics to, for attorneys to be able to essentially loan their clients money, because you get into this weird situation where you don't want to be the lawyer and the banker. Like I, you know, it would be a pro, it would definitely be problematic. So the rules, at least in New York, totally prohibit that.
0: Yeah. And let's, let's, let's expand on that. Right. So if you've got a settlement offer of insurance companies, basically offering money on a person's case, if the attorney has a vested interest in in collecting their money back, they may try and convince them to take that settlement when they could really probably get more on the case. Right. So I can totally understand how there is an ethical issue on that.
1: Yeah, exactly. And not all states are the same. There are some states that allow attorneys to do that, frankly, because that's not where I practice. I don't know the specific specific ins and outs. What I do know is that it ends up being more of a um, straight up, I mean, we call it a disbursement, but essentially it's like part of, it's a right of the same way that I spend, you know, I put money up front to file a lawsuit in court and I get that money back as long as my client's successful with whatever the settlement is, it would be the same. Whereas, you know, normal plaintiff funding, and of course we'll get into that. I'm like jumping the gun a little bit. You can charge interest where attorneys are allowed to give clients money in certain States. You know, my understanding is that they cannot charge interest, obviously. So Focusing, I said, specifically on New York, that this is why um, there is a need for plaintiff funding because there was nothing there. I mean, this isn't brand new, but I'm making a point that there was nothing there until there was. And now clients can essentially have some sort of a, a bridge while their cases are being litigated so that they're not just settling for way less than what their case is worth because they're desperate.
0: Yeah. Life happens, especially these last few years, right? Uh, with COVID and and folks being unemployed and and you know not knowing where their their next check was going to come from and you know you you add the pressures of we don't know when we're having trials again it could be a lot longer you know remember how I told you it was going to be this long well now it's going to be even longer because you know we're not there are, there are no trials right so that really affected your world um, with, with as far as lending goes right.
1: It did. Interestingly though, on, on the lending side, at least what I personally have found was when this all started COVID, I mean, I sort of anticipated the floodgates opening and I, I found me personally, though I have spoken to, to a few you know colleagues in the industry that somewhat agree. It, it wasn't the same rush, like people wanting a couple thousand here and there, you know, the, the way that Frankly, this tends to happen right around this season. And I don't make light of the situation because I, I I truly think um, if you're gonna do this, you you really do need to understand, you know, your the, the people who are asking for this money because they're desperate. I mean, at the like that's truly what this is. I mean, no one wants to talk to me and ask me for money. I mean, they don't, you know, no one really wants to do this.
0: They probably tapped out their family members already and have nowhere else to go, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, right the ba- the bank of family and friends as they say or you know or whatever it is so um I I think I maybe initially was expecting that and then just the way things went down with the courts completely shutting down the stimulus being approved and and frankly you know not, to, I'm not like not getting political but just people being basically being able to make more money not working than working really changed a little bit of the game another aspect of funding that I haven't gotten into yet, but for just this portion of the conversation, medical funding. So another thing that my company and other companies do is if someone needs a procedure done for their case, a lot of times, yes, it can be put on a lien um, to be paid back later or insurance will cover it, whether it's like in New York is a no-fault state for motor vehicle accidents. So no-fault will pick it up, workers' compensation. But if your case doesn't involve that aspect and Let's say you have Medicaid or, or Medicare, and that particular doctor doesn't take that. The doctor's like, well, I need to get paid up front. Something that else that we do is we we will pay the doctor up front. I negotiate with the doctor. I make sure that they I get the right deal for my client or for the plaintiff, excuse me. But that slowed down because medical procedures weren't happening. Elective surgeries weren't happening. This business, the entire business, I mean, what... Being a lawyer, um, having clients, having having your case, and then on the finance side was very much affected by COVID.
0: I think you you have a real advantage to being an attorney and doing this kind of work because you know understanding the valuation of, of cases and how negotiating works, and you know what what is a realistic number uh, a value number to a particular injury. You know, th- there's a real advantage to uh, wearing both hats. Uh, although sometimes I, I believe it could probably get uh, frustrating, and confusing at times.
1: Yeah. So, um, I will preface this again, being a lawyer, I obviously do not give my own clients money <laughs> through the company I work for, just putting yeah. <laughs> it all out there. There definitely don't. In fact, I, and I tell people all the time, I, I joke, I'm the worst person for this business because I talk, I talk plain people's clients out of taking money because I'm, yeah. I'm very cognizant of the fact that this is not, um, there was a cost. Yeah. There, right, there's a cost. And yeah. because we're not, uh, we're non-recourse meaning, you know, we're taking the company whose money this is, is taking all the risk. So in right. the event, you know, we loan some, we lend someone money and then their case gets lost for whatever reason, they're not on the hook. So right. the normal usury laws don't apply. Um, and frankly, you know, there's no real um, barrier to interest being charged now. Right. Again.
0: And that's, that's why there's no barrier, right? Cause you're assuming the risk uh, you're laying the money out and I'm sure there's, it probably doesn't happen that often, but there are times that that it does happen. Uh, you know, the, uh, the unlosable case, right. You, lo- you lose a jury hates, you know, uh, a person for whatever reason, even though they have liability and they have whatever it happens. I've seen it in my time. I've yeah. seen the, un- the, uh, un-losable case, case. Right? yeah, yeah uh, totally. You know, you see it happen. And,
1: and uh, not to say that, you know, at least I can only speak for myself and and the, like how I am and the, the, the company that I work for um, you know, we don't take advantage of people. I mean, I, would rather just not lend money if I feel oh. that it's going to end up being problematic on the back end. But the point is that there's a cost to all of that. So because I said, I have my own clients, I see how, sure. you know, all this work, I've, I've done this now for my entire career. So when I'm speaking to a, to a plaintiff client on the funding side, I'm frankly speaking to them the same way I would speak to my own clients. And I think that there's a sense of it's very, at least I've been, I've been told, right. It's very refreshing speaking to me because I'm not trying to sell them anything, I'm simply just telling them like it is. Yeah, usually,
0: talking them out of it, right? Yeah, but again, also
1: too. I mean, what's also good? They're lawyers who who a lot of times say, "Listen, if you're gonna do this, I don't want you to do this." But if you're gonna do this, speak to her because she actually knows what she's doing, and there's that level yeah. of trust there. It it is it is very different doing this as an as an attorney. I feel like that that sense of sure. ickiness or sliminess yeah. that you know you might think about when you're thinking of this lending aspect goes away when you're dealing with someone that you trust and actually knows the, the industry and frankly has a law license to, to protect. Right. I mean, you know, I never would ever put myself in jeopardy um, and want to hurt others. So,
0: yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, you know, I, I've seen that natural progression of um, attorneys get into this business. What um, a few actually that I, that I know have, you know, basically taken it to that next step, right. They, they settled their case. They get a big amount of money. What do I do with this money now? I'll get into funding. Right. So that does happen a lot. Um, do you, does your firm also lend money to law firms on, on cases or just um, people?
1: My particular company, we, that's not what we focus our, our business in. We really just lend money to the actual um, plaintiff or the, the victim in the in the case, or we will pay the doctor directly. Um, there's of course, exceptions right. to, to the rule because um, it's not my company. It's not my money. So I don't, necessarily make make those specific decisions i think that there are some some attorneys that we might lend to but there are specific companies out there who i know who i've worked with before on a referral basis that's solely due attorney lending which of course is a whole nother aspect of all this like case costs or i guess it's either going to be on the case cost side or just hey you know i'm i'm attorney a my 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 client's case settled this is going to be my legal fee but i need money now because i got to make payroll like things were tight or so there is that aspect and it's the concept is similar but of course it is a little different because now you're you're dealing with an attorney as opposed to dealing with a client so it's just not something that i said that my company really does but there are there are good ones out there who i trust and it's nice because like i said going back to the whole covid argument a lot of attorneys who who I know, you know, personally, you know, have have really 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 struggled. Um a lot of solos, which I feel I'm a true solo. I'm I'm a, my receptionist, my paralegal, my <laughs> the attorney, um, you know, I answer my own phones, write out my own papers, go to the post office, but you know, true solos I know have really suffered because courts were closed. So, if your money's not coming in, it's hard to then keep keep the the cookie jar full so that you can advance on other cases. Now, you know, you have to pay your investigator. You have to pay experts. You have to file, you know, the lawsuits. I mean, that adds up.
0: Oh, it, it completely affected the industry because not having that capital to spend on advertising means not bringing in new cases. Or, you know, not having a trial date means not doing trial prep and getting things ready to go, not serving subpoenas, not taking witness statements, not contacting witnesses and saying, hey, you know, this is ready to go. Where are you these days? like that kind of stuff. So that, that really affected my industry and some of my clients that were able to get funding in whatever way, whether it be a PPP or, or other matters, right. That helped keep my lights on, uh, which was interesting. Um, you know, even when it, this all went down, it was like some phone conversations of like, okay, uh, you like to cook, tell me how you make steak, right. That kind of stuff. You know, that was, that was the first month or so. Nobody was touching any files or doing anything. It's just like, I'm just calling you to make sure you're still alive, you know, like how are things going? Um, and then slowly but surely, it probably took about six weeks or so for someone to actually pick up a file. Um, I know there were people in my industry that they offered the service of going to law firms, picking up their files and bringing f- certain files to attorneys at their home, right? They didn't want to go into the city and deal with it, <laughs> and we're deemed essential services, so we're allowed to work. So yeah, sure, we'll go and pick up files and bring them wherever you want to go. Like that was another way for us to pivot and and make money. So everybody did what they had to do you know, during that time.
1: You hit the nail on the head with them. I'm pivoting is was frankly crucial. Yeah. Um, to be, I think, as an attorney, to be able to, uh, or and and in the legal space, to be able to survive yeah. here. Um, I know, I I know, I had to. Um, You know, some some cases had to be, you know, settled and whether it was for the client, you know, always for the client. But I mean, some cases I told the client, hey, we're either going to be here for a long time or this. And you know, some clients were more than happy to settle. You know, on the finance side, a lot of it was like you said, checking a lot of checking in, a lot of this and that. Um, I'm very fortunate to me personally, I rent space from an amazing law firm who have been very good to me. Um, I picked, you know, picked up extra work. You know, it's it's all about pivoting, but it's it is crazy. And if you're Like I said, someone who is trying to keep the lights on. And I remember early on in my practice, I don't have a very, you know, it's not a super old practice, but the first couple of months, I did my own witness statements. Yeah. Shame on you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad
0: to see that's changed. We're actually doing work for you these days. So, (laughs) but,
1: you know, sometimes, you know, you had to do what you had to do. And I think that getting, I guess, back to the whole idea of, you know, if you, if you're an attorney or if you're and whether a small firm big firm and you really do need that funding help and again banks aren't just giving people loans like it's yeah. just doesn't work that way um it's not the fact is but... right the fact, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that there are companies out there that at least can work with you on that and yeah. and again um it's it's not something you know you don't want to like hang your hat on that but whether it's you know one specific case cash you know case um case funding or lines of credit that are offered through sort of these companies. I mean, I know a handful of very prominent firms that use that because it's better for them for, for, you know, then taking out a a line of credit at a bank or something like that. I mean, the idea is just that there are resources and I feel like we all need a lifeline every once in a while. And um, there's no shame in being able to utilize all the tools that you can, um, you know, and if at, at the end of the day, it's all to advance you know a helping out the, the plaintiffs who you True. frankly taken an oath to right. help and have their case and also you know i'm very fortunate i'm right now that i don't have to deal with that but pay your staff yeah like i can't even imagine like having to let staff go not pay them because now that's trickling down and you're, you're-
0: so did you like lay off half of yourself during that time or what
1: <laughs> um, i don't know those first few months i don't know i lived in sweatpants. <laughs> and <laughs> You know, Woo, I know
0: it's a little crazy. I remember,
1: I think, I think I lost a little chunk of myself this first yeah, Second, I, I could get back to the office. I could, because I know it was
0: rough. I remember those conversations. I mean, you and I spoke frequently, uh, actually during that time yeah. just of like, Hey, what's going on with your clients and I'll tell you what's going on with mine, like that kind of stuff. And even trying to be creative and, and saying, okay, they're opening up uh you know, you, you can go and eat in places. Like let's go out and, and do stuff now. Right. Mm-hmm we did that too Uh,
1: yes thank goodness I mean I'm I know I I stayed in this I stayed in in New York City the entire pandemic so um especially that beginning of the pandemic which was great I guess in ways. I felt normal like I had my normal life somewhat but it was also so weird and scary too um but when outdoor dining you know opened up it was so refreshing I was like "I, I don't care like I don't care how cold it is okay
0: so it was February last year and I was outdoor dining and I'm like this isn't so bad. I'm wearing a coat, you know. I got my hat on and and they've got heaters around and yeah, I'm a survivor, right? <laughs>
1: I got my to go cup of uh yeah. of you know whatever margaritas yeah. they were giving out. I know. It was it's we survived. I mean, that's what it was. But uh it's nice to sort of somewhat be on the other on the other on other side of this all.
0: It's funny that a lot of those restaurants like stop serving dessert because they just wanted to turn over the tables faster like eat and get out. <laughs> you got somebody else coming. Okay.
1: Uh, well, I certainly found um, you know found some comfort in ice cream, like a lot of ice cream during those first few months so sure. we, okay. we we had to get ourselves back and back in check
0: right exactly accountability so um so we're rambling here we're, we're, we're gonna actually take a break real quick and when we come back i really want to focus in on um how this industry affects the private investigator and how we can like there there is that symbiotic relationship that you don't really realize of how you you can help one another to to gain business, and uh, really gain opportunities for one another. So everybody, sit tight, and when we come back, we're going to dive into that stuff. I want to talk to everybody today about ScopeNow.com. ScopeNow has been a big-time sponsor of this program for quite some time, and I just love their service. I've been using them since the beginning. I'm one of their beta customers, and uh, it's been so awesome to see them grow into the business that they are today and just how they just keep reinventing themselves and pushing themselves to get more and more information. What it comes down to is is ScopeNow is a tool that you definitely need to use if you do social media investigations, any internet research, and really spending less time digging around and and, uh, looking for information, I think is one of the best points of how ScopeNow can help you. Their AI platform, their analytics are amazing. You really get an idea of what you need. You're reducing the time, you're reducing the manpower that you're spending on doing this research because they're essentially doing it for you and uh, they're doing it correctly, which is most important. One of the new things that they're actually offering is this flagging system where you can flag behaviors and really highlight and um, look out for fraud. If you're doing a lot of fraud research, uh, this is a fantastic tool and you can set up alerts. So you have a particular people that you're looking at, you can actually set up alerts to get notifications when the criteria that you set up is actually, um, is flagged and goes off. It's really, uh, really amazing. And their relationship and association analytics are uh, top notch, really uh, cutting edge, and really, really cool. When they brought that out on version three, it was a game changer. I mean, really being able to see how people interact together and, and uh, you know having that relationship analysis is really really something that's cool you know one of the other things about being involved with scope now is their ability to offer webinars their team is cutting edge on putting together and getting out really really great content if you're a member of Scope Now, if you know who they are, you've seen them around on LinkedIn, you'll, you'll know that they're constantly doing webinars on these new websites that are coming out, and uh, they're really staying on top of it. And don't forget, uh, any reports that you generate, you can actually white-label those reports and put your own logos on and, and really make them look professional, which you know could equate to more billing for you as well. So check them out today. It's uh, www.scopenow.com. They're a great, great company. They should be one of the tools in your toolbox along with whatever kind of uh, search engines you do. uh, You need to make sure that ScopeNow is a part of that. Sweet. ScopeNow.com. In 2019,
2: Investigation Education Consultants added a new affiliate in its never-ending quest to provide quality professional investigative training. IEC is now offering certificate courses and investigative training online. Our website... IECOIT.com will soon offer a certificate in professional investigation for those interested in entering the investigative field. There'll be standalone investigation classes for those seeking continuing education credits, CEUs, or just interested in taking classes for their own personal or professional interests. The classes currently available are foundations of investigation, legal investigation, criminal investigation, fraud investigation, background investigation, interviews and statements, skip tracing locates, ethics and report writing. Investigator Toolbox members will receive a 20% discount off the listed price. So visit IECOIT.com. Are you a member of NCISS? Do you know what this great organization does? The National Council of Investigation and Security Services was formed in 1975 to keep a watchful eye on legislation that affects our industry. Now more than ever, there are data privacy and DMV issues popping up all over the country. Consider joining and supporting this much-needed watchdog for our industry. Learn more at nciss.org. Check out the latest issue of PI Magazine. Rob Freed and Dr. Henry Lee grace to cover. Available online or via hard copy.
0: And welcome back to PI Perspectives. This is Matt Sperry, your host. We're joined today by Alexis Diaz uh, from the uh, LH Funding Group. Alexis, welcome back to the program.
1: Hi. Hi.
0: Um, okay. So uh, we learned uh, what funding is, right? We learned how that works and the ins and outs of that. Now I want to talk a little bit about how the investigator and uh, the funding company can can live together. So I'm, I'm going to relate to you some of my experiences here and, and then we'll we'll, we'll pepper in. So there there are a couple of ways that uh, I've done this. Um, I've had funding companies come to me to do locates on people they've lent money to. Right. So we gave money to so and so through this particular law firm. The law firm lost touch with this person, and now we need to like figure out what's going on here. How we get our money back, <laughs> like that kind of deal. Uh, So that was one way. Uh, Another way was to do screenings, right? So someone was potentially going to lend money to somebody. They wanted to do a bit of a background on this person to make sure that they're not a complete creep and um, you know, that there's no issue there. Um, And then there was the relationship I was having with someone like yourself, right? Here's my client list. What's your client list? Let's see if we know uh, if we can steer business to one another. Um, So we have that aspect to it. Or for me, when I'm meeting with a um, doing, it's called an intake, right? So a new new case, sign up, um, having a conversation with the people while we're doing it, and they say, you know, I, I, so you're telling me I can't work. How am I going to pay my rent, right? Right. So then you start talking about, oh well, there's funding options. You know, you may want to talk to the attorney about it. I know there's a company like this company over here that that does that that kind of stuff, right? So those are the real aspects for me personally how I've I've managed to work that in. So what's been your experience?
1: I guess starting from the the first thing you talked about, which is losing track of, you know, the client. So that hasn't knock on wood for the most part happened to me. Um, the funding clients all have my cell phone number and they call me all the time, um, right. such as life. So usually I don't, I don't lose them, but agreed. I mean, that's for sure. A hundred percent. That would be important to me, like as a funding company to have a good investigator always in my back pocket right. to, for all of the oh no, this, this happened. Um, so hundred percent agreed with that. And then, um, but then tying in again with the, you know, sharing client list. I mean, it's so important in this industry to have those great relationships because if, if nothing else, you know, I, I can never, I would never feel comfortable, ref, you know, referring whether my plaintiff to, to a vendor or another lawyer to a vendor or a vendor to a lawyer, frankly, if I didn't have that trust, because as we all know, our name is everything, right? So if we don't have that integrity, you know, we're going to lose that. So for sure, building that clientele or that relationship um, with a particular other vendor. So a hundred million percent on that. um, I've, and like you said, we go back a long way, but that, that trust, that relationship builds up over time because there's a ton of investigators out there. There's a ton of funding companies out there. There's good apples and bad apples and, you know, it's really, really important.
0: As you go to those networking events, like you not only should you be talking to the lawyers that are there, you should be talking to the other vendors that are there 100%. and making relationships with those people. And, you know, this way, when it comes down to like something that you and I did recently, mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm going to throw my own little soiree here and I'd like you to co-sponsor. Do you want to be a part of that? Like, I would have never gotten that phone call from you if you didn't know me. No. Right? If we didn't Why have that I, relationship right? already from doing that stuff. And, um, you know, you're obviously going to introduce me to people that you do business with and right. you want to know me and, and before you ref- say like yeah like this is a good guy yeah. you know it's not just like yeah he paid money to to co-sponsor but i have no idea who he is you
1: know right Yeah. and that does ha- and that happens like that actually happens more often than you think but for me and it is and and frankly what i even makes me what i think adds that extra level of trust is it isn't just oh yeah he seems like really great it's, i've personally used him like i personally yeah. do business with him so I mm-hmm. can refer I mean, that's yeah. where I think that that matters. I mean, if you don't feel comfortable doing that, then I don't think you should be like, frankly, referring other people, but
0: yeah, I guess that, No, I mean, that, that, that personal story, testimonial, I mean, it goes so far in, in everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, that this is, that's networking one-on-one. This is why we network. This is why we pay money to go to events and have that face-to-face with people because, you know, I find getting that introduction, you know, from Alexis to a, an, another attorney, um, hey, this I do work with this guy Dean, and you should do work with him too. Uh, Dean, here's Matt. I use Matt to do stuff. He's he's great. You should use him, right? So you by you already having that relationship right. with Dean, you know he trusts you, right? Yeah. And you can vouch for me because we have a relationship, and you trust right. me, right? So me,
2: uh, yeah, exactly. everybody
0: wins. Yeah. Hopefully, Matt doesn't screw up the job and <laughs> make it look horrible. I'm so. just blaming you. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But there's
1: that, and then I guess the other aspect of just when we're thinking about, and this is like, obviously the, the tougher aspect, right? Where it's, Hey, um, you know, you're, you're an investigator. Let's say an attorney comes to you and says, look, I really, um, or you're talking to an attorney that maybe you've worked with before. Maybe you're catching up, whatever, whatever the situation is, but you're speaking to an attorney and they're saying to you, look, I've got this great case. Um, I need an investigator to go take these, I don't know, 10 witness statements or find this or find that, but they're, concerned or they're hesitant because of, of costs. I mean, sure. you know, look on the one hand, of course, you know, you want you want to do the right thing. You want to know, no, I want to do this for, for you. I want to do this for your plaintiff. I want to help this person out. But you've got yeah. mouths to feed and yeah. pe- staff to pay. Um, <clears throat> and the same, you know, for the attorney. That's where I think it's, it's helpful uh, from the investigator side to know that there's things that exist, include, which is essentially companies out there that yeah. might help out on case costs.
0: So I think it's even more along the lines, not so much of that scenario. And that scenario is real. It does happen. Right? Not, okay. Like, I, I can't afford it. Okay. Well, here's a way for you to get money. Sure, sure. I think there's also that conversation of, you know, is this going to get me more money on my case? Right. I may get the full tender of the case without doing the investigative work. Right. Like that's one of the hurdles that I have to overcome in doing my work. Cause they like, why should I pay, you know, a, why, why should I rack up a thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollars worth of investigative disbursements when I'm just going to get the full policy, anyway? And listen, that's a way to look at it. I remember I had a conversation with an attorney, and it was a uh, uh, it was a, uh, a death case, a motor vehicle uh, case, and uh, there were some questions about a highway, uh, def- road design, right? And if we were able to prove road design or prior complaints, prior notice, actual notice, um, you know, that is a home run. And I'm having this conversation with the guy and he's like, Man, I, don't know if, I don't know if I want to spend money on you to, to, to have you do this. Now, and preface that by doing by saying I had done some research on social media and I actually found people complaining about this and people on social media saying like, I've told the town a thousand times, like I attended this meeting and they're still doing nothing. Like, that's credible. Right, that is a right. credible lead. And I'm <laughs> like, let's go get statements from these people. It's like, ah, how much is that going to cost? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe another thousand dollars when all said and done is like, ah I don't know. And I'm asking him like, okay, so if I could get roadway defect and I could take the value of your case from a hundred thousand, Cause that's what right. the right. policy right. is on this to the value the actual value of the case, which could be a few million dollars because this person who got killed was 27 years old and was a nurse and had like a degree. And like, you know, there was, there was a long life for this person to have. And they were jogging and they got hit by a car. Right. Yeah. And a really, really sad story. And this guy did not want to spend the money. And then I'm just like, okay um have you ever had a client of yours complain about the the investigator expense he's like no in the the 15 years we've been doing business together it's never happened and i'm like so then why are we having this conversation dude (laughs) like like do you feel that you have that that responsibility of keeping the cases down like the cost down because you're cheap or would you rather do it the right way you know it's like it was very it was a very weird conversation to have you know
1: you 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 will hit the nail on the head 100%. And and in that scenario, that's completely right. I mean, when you can take, you know, when you can spend a little bit of more money to really change the the value um, and the posture of this case, to me, that's a no brainer. And even if I had to, whatever I had to do in that particular case, I would get that done. Because there is that sense of like obligation to the client and whatever. And not even...
0: A fiduciary responsibility yeah, exactly. that you got to go least, after the, the, yeah. the, uh, the, the big at, pockets yeah, you got, Yeah, you know? and at least
1: explain to the client, hey, because that's the other thing too. I mean, that attorney's saying that, but they're frankly, in my opinion, obligated to tell their client, hey, you know, yeah. this is what's going on because...
0: You want us to do this, right?
1: Yeah. And now clients have the option when they're signing the retainer to say hey I want my attorney to pay all the upfront costs knowing I will pay them back or we can pay them upfront. I don't I don't and then what and what client chooses to pay that upfront which is
0: 2% fine. of the time. Right. And it's like literally almost every right.
1: And I'm not saying that that client should 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 do that but at least be aware of like hey what needs what do you need to do in order to get that done? But again as the attorney if you're taking on this case you you got to be able to put your money where your mouth is and I'm not True. trying to make light of like especially in this climate but yeah. then you need to either then refer that case out to somebody who can, can do that for your client. Again, you're still going to be paid or you're going to have to take the, you know, take, get, get the funds. Um yeah,
0: Fundings. Yeah. So the, which ties it into what we're talking
1: it, about, it here. does, but I'm just I putting, just putting it on the point, that. but then the yeah. flip side sort of, of what you're saying, and I got to go back to my example of taking my own witness no. statement. The case I did that on was a case where there was very limited insurance. It was mm-hmm. never going to, the suit was never going to be filed. I mm-hmm. did that for, essentially yes i did that to keep the costs down because i Shame knew, on
0: you <laughs> Shame on you
1: but there know. was such limited coverage i had you know i made that executive choice of you yeah. know th- there was only so much for my client to recover and yeah. he was happy because i didn't what i think a lot of attorneys especially in bigger firms don't do is don't actually run their business like a business um mm-hmm. and i felt like you know i had to make a business decision and at the end of the day that made sense because of, there was such limited coverage, you
0: know? Oh, absolutely. And then like you, you do, you could run into problems though doing that if, yeah. if you need to take a notarized statement, right. right. And then you, you end up having a trial and you, you know, now you can't yeah. depose that person. Luckily because, I
1: did go get it. I did have it notarized by not, not me. So we were good. I did. I covered my bases. And we right. Right. But these but are no. the things
0: that yeah. that you got to take into consideration. I, I always like, I frown upon that. I mean, I get it, I know. but I, I, I frown upon it just because it, it, it's not the, really the proper way to do things, um, and that's that's my own personal opinion. No, no, you're and, right. And as a businessman, you know, like I want the business. <laughs> don't, no. don't do it. Well,
1: no, me. you're 100 percent right. I was. It, it's it was a it was a, it's the story. I guess is good for. Hey, I understand where sometimes you know you're making a certain decision, but right. on a case where like you said you're going to be in court, um, you're actually got to you have to have all your your t's crossed and your eyes dotted, and you're, you you really do need to do it right.
0: Let me ask you a question: um, Have you, in your experience in doing this lending, money lending stuff, have you come across uh, any cases that ended up being fraud?
1: We've come across cases where we get a call, and it already sounds shady, and there's a company um, or an organization called Alpha, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like the one regulatory, somewhat board for fund, for funding companies. And right. you then will come to find out, hey, this scammer has been calling like a million funding companies whether they're right. making up their lawyer whatever it is um so i've seen that that's not okay. you know super specific i guess to us but as far as hey yes as it has somebody's client come to us through an attorney that we trust again because what mm-hmm. we don't do and i know there are companies out there that do is we don't i don't direct market to plaintiffs like there are the companies you see on tv commercials that are like hey get cash now or whatever <laughs> yeah. i don't do that <clears throat> um i would never want to do that i think that that is very predatory um not for me so right. I only work with attorneys that I know and trust, right? So, I mean, mm-hmm. if, I, if I get an attorney referral, great, but these attorneys right. are people that have been in my life for the last, my career, for the last yeah. 10 plus years. Yeah. So yep. when their client comes to me and they're essentially vouching for their client, right? Because they're signing off on the contract, on the funding agreement too. Um, you know, they think that their the client's case is, what it so, is. So uh,
0: they're signing off as, as guarantors, right? Um, that, it's, it's,
1: works? it's less of a guarantor because again, it's non recourse. It's more that it's an acknowledgement that a, this is happening. Like I would never right. lend somebody's client money without, right. or that
0: like they understand. Yeah. The like the,
1: everybody's aware of what's going on. Right. And right. then two, it's that the attorney at the end of the case, should the case settle favorably, they're cutting us the check. It's not like they're hoping they're like here, client, you, you pay right. this person back.
0: Yeah. And they're all also hopefully notifying you that the case is settled Yeah, because I think that falls through the cracks sometimes too. I've seen that. It,
1: I, I've seen it's it too. It is rare. But again, if you work with people that you
0: trust and you know. If someone uses a case management system. Yeah, like a real problem, system. But,
1: and, and also back
0: in the day, they didn't have that stuff, you know, so you could see that happening. And if you're probably um, satisfied the, yeah. The reason I mentioned the fraud thing is that I can recall an experience that I had. Um, probably about five or six years ago. It was hilarious because I, I had, I had met with a guy in the Bronx and um he supposedly had this uh, injury and this accident, the liability was a home run case and sure. blah, blah, blah. So we signed it up and um, you know, as I'm signing up, he goes, yeah, and I want to lend money on the case. He's like, you know, my, my mother just passed away and I need to do a funeral, sure. blah, blah, blah. You know, like all this stuff. Right. So fast forward like two or three years and I, I get a call to go do an intake and up in the Bronx, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, it's, it's the same dude. Right. And I'm not like, I'm sitting in the guy's house. And I'm just like, Hey, okay, I've been here before. Like I I know this guy. Right. And different, different accident, same area of injury, same dead mother, literally three years later, like his mom died again. <laughs> All right. So I'm like, Okay. And this guy was like, he was really like, I'm not signing these papers unless they can guarantee me I'm getting money. And I'm like, excuse me for a minute. I need to go outside and make a phone call real quickly. And I went outside and I called the attorney who yeah. I was like, Hey, not for nothing. This is what's going on here. And he said, hold on. And he goes to, I guess there's a way to database to yeah. check and see. And he, he sees that this guy has borrowed money before, you know, from this and that uh, same injury and all that. And I'm like, mm, red flag. So I yeah, came back in yeah. and I'm just like, I'm sorry. The attorney's, you know, he's going to pass on the case. And this guy threw me out of his house. Like if there was ever a time that I thought I was going to like <laughs> fisticuffs, like this was it. I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> this is really happening here. This guy's going to try and swing at me. Uh, but yeah, he was super aggro because I caught him. I was like, yeah. no, dude, it's not happening today. <laughs> you know. And it's happened. I
1: mean, unfortunately, this this happens. I mean, and, and you really have to. Have your radar on. I think, or, you know, and and again, that's where like that level of you know wanting to make a lot of money in this industry versus wanting to do the right thing and you know being yeah. cognizant who you're working, who's who's sending you cases, all that other, all that good stuff. I mean, yeah, you've got your. Oh, name and these again.
0: these were two respectable firms. Right. Like they were really right. well. If I told you the name of the firms, yeah. you'd be like, wow, really. Yep. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. And it, it, like this guy, it's like, Hey man, you got caught. Just right. say good job investigator and move yeah. on to the right, next game. Exactly.
1: Scam. If you're, if you were my investor yep. in that case, I'd be like, sure. thank you for saving me the aggravation. But I guess it's yeah. the point yeah. is like, you know, fraud happens regardless yeah. of, yeah. you know, how good you are. And just people are terrible um, a lot of times, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely seen it. i just, I just try to be really again. I try to be careful. Like, no one's perfect, but try to be careful.
0: It was funny because I, I, distinctly remember being outside and talking to this guy and he's like yeah but the injuries is is like so good and liability is like a home run i'm like he's selling you a a bag of goods man it's not like he's telling you exactly everything you want to hear because this guy knows and i think he like this guy the attorney went back and did even further research on this guy and he's been doing it for years oh yeah Yeah, like it wasn't just these two there's probably about six or seven you know and like it was it was a problem yeah big time scammer and i was like Got caught, and he knew like he was like really aggressive with me, yeah. and I'm like, okay, all right, here we go. Yeah,
1: you you uh the, the gig was up, as they say.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I uh, live to uh, talk about it though, which is nice. Um, so we're we're gonna begin to wind down over here, um, but I, I just you know I wanted to educate folks on on doing this stuff and what it is, and just you know understanding the relationship that you can have with this uh type of industry, right, and real realizing it's a revenue stream if you play it right. For for both of us, yeah, right? for you and, and and me, you it know, is. um, you know, having that symbiotic relationship, you know, you always have to look for different streams. It's not just, you know, personal injury attorney or or whatever. You know, just understanding that there are, there are other gateways uh, for relationships and just making sure that you tap in on one
1: hundred percent. And and again, with what with what I do, I always i i was just actually having this conversation with someone the other day. This, there is that ick factor a lot of times with this industry, and it can really yep. weigh you down. Sure. And what I have found that has kept me, you know, being able to like look at myself in the mirror every single day um, and <laughs> yeah. think, you know, I'm doing doing it right is again surrounding myself with really good people and always sure. just staying true to the like the goal in the big picture, which is is helping. I mean, truly is helping people. And if I can yeah. do that as a lawyer with my own practice, you know, um, which I love and I'm so, so happy that I have that, and also yeah. doing it on the funding side and helping out my attorney colleagues sure. um helping their clients you know without screwing them over um and then also listen having great relationships with vendors who become my friends and helping them out too i mean and it's a it's nice and i feel like you know my bubble stays intact and i you know and we're all doing we're all doing good so
0: yeah 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 so um if folks want to get a hold of you of you alexis how do they get a hold of you
1: Then let's see, you can email me. Uh, My email is alexis at lhfundingcorp.com. Probably the best way to get in touch with me. Um, I am trying to think. I am on Instagram. Uh, My firm has an Instagram. Um, Diaz Law Group. You can reach me that way too. Um, That has all the rest of my contact info. So I would say those Mm -hmm. two ways are the best way to reach me.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. It was a great so chat for having me, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope uh, we we educated some folks on, on what this whole um, money, money changing business. Yeah. is.
1: And if anyone has any questions, I yeah. mean, I'm in, I'm always available open book, so feel free to, yeah. to reach out.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Peace Alexis. Back. Thank you uh, everybody for tuning in. We'll catch everybody next week on the next show.
1: Bye.
2: Special thanks to Alexis for teaching us about legal funding and how we can use it to our advantage as investigators. We'd also like to thank Tracks, Scope ScopeNow, NCISS, and IEC for sponsoring this show. So please support our great supporters. Did you know Investigators Toolbox has an app for Apple and Google now? Take a few minutes and check out the website to really help boost your business and your research capabilities. Use code PIP201836 to save $20 when you join. If you have a question or a comment about the show, Just email Matt at MatthewS at SatellitePI.com. You can also find him on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. We want your feedback to bring you the best shows possible. And we'll be back next Monday with a new show. So make sure you tune in and stay safe out there.